Hey guys, John from A Cut Above Horror Review, episode number 41. Now, wait, we actually had an episode planned for this week. Um, we were going to do Martyrs from 20, uh, 2008, but uh, unfortunately, our friend, our co host, Hyderberg, uh, got in an accident uh, just a couple of days ago, and and he's he's good. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers. He's totally good um, on the mend, but just uh, keep him in your thoughts. And uh, we'll come back to the Martyrs episode next week. But when we first started this whole thing of a Cut Above Horror Review, we actually did a movie called Possessor. Uh, Brandon Cronenberg's very first movie, which came out last year, we recorded it. Uh, please forgive the audio. Please forgive, you know, just... Not everything's in place to what we do right now with the Cut Above Horror Review. So please enjoy this episode. Keep uh, Hydroberg in your thoughts. And um, yeah, enjoy. Because this one, uh, we got some thoughts about this. It's kind of freaky, if you know what I mean. Possessor, 2021, a Cut Above Horror Review, episode number 41. And here it comes. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening. Welcome to a Cut Above Horror Review podcast. Uh, my name is Jacqueline. I'll be hosting this evening. And tonight we're going to be talking about Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor from 2020. Let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, hello, Hydraberg. What's going on, guys? How's everybody How doing? doing? Good. How are you? Good. It's been three I'm weeks since we recorded. What's up, guys? What's up, John? <laughs> hey, how are you guys doing? Good. Excellent. How's it been? It's good. It's been uh, Three weeks is, it seems like way too long. I know we had Mother's Day and, you know, congratulations to you and your husband, Jacqueline, for your anniversary, you. what, last weekend, I believe? Thank well, you. last week was me. I had the COVID shot. Oh, that's right. It was a weekend. Yeah. Before. Was I was like ready us. to go. And then I just started feeling really tired and like lethargic. Yeah. That would have been a great cast, yeah. though. I mean, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I probably could have pulled it through, but I just felt like I didn't feel like talking about anything. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Why. You guys would have been doing a lot more legwork than me. Absolutely. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. As per usual. Three weeks have gone by. I've relocated to Tokyo. I had another kid. Published, <laughs> pub published a novel. I've been, I've been oh, busy. Wow. <laughs> I've been drinking wine. So, man, kudos to you for keeping up on all that. I got some truly. That sounds a lot better, actually. I wish I were drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, right. so, Jacqueline, this is, this is your pick. I, I'm curious because we were texting back and forth of, I think for, from my score, at least is going to be a first for our podcast. Why in the freaking hell did you pick this movie? Uh Oh, <laughs> now I'm worried you're going to give it a zero or something. No, I, uh, I picked this movie because a, I had never seen it before, um, but I'd heard a lot of buzz around it. B uh, I like daddy Berg, you know, daddy Berg. And I had never seen either of Brandon Cronenberg's films before. Um, so that was that. And uh, C, well, I, I guess there is no C. I think it was just those two reasons. <laughs> so that's why I picked it. It was just something I wanted to see. I'm a Cronenberg fan in terms of Daddy Berg. So I thought, what the hell? I'd like to see what, what Baby Berg is doing. So yeah, without a doubt, I, I, I'll, I'll echo that because I actually saw a lot of reviews uh, the end of 2020. Everybody put this like in the middle of their top 10, if they're not their number one. Usually it was like three or four that people loved because it came out really late in 2020. And mm -hmm. I, I had watched it and 
I don't know if I want to give my initial thoughts to it. Cause I, I, like I said, I think this is going to be a first for our podcast and, okay. you know, and when it becomes, Would you official, recommend it hmm. or do you not want to say, I'll say, sure, sure. Let's recommend it. Let's recommend well, that, it. Well, that was a ringing endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm keeping, I'm holding it close to the chest right now. So right, I, right. I, I really want to bust out and just say this. I hated it or I loved it. So, okay. Well, let's blow through the initial stuff and then we'll get into the meat of it. Hyderberg, what overall initial impressions yeah. without giving too much away? Um, I, I like this movie uh, for the most part. I like Daddy Berg, like you said. Um, I haven't seen all his movies, but I'm definitely trying to catch up on Cronenberg's uh, films. Mm-hmm. The, um, I don't know. There's something about the aesthetic to this and his dad's movies. Like, I like that sci-fi sort of, um, you know, medical... I don't know, the body horror sort of vibe to things like futurist, semi-futuristic sort of vibe. Like, I don't know, it's 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 a cool blending of genres to me that sure. a lot of directors don't do. And if they do, they either do it, they do it on same, you know, on par or like really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to mess up. So I feel like Cronenberg definitely set like the standard for how these films should kind of feel. This movie oh, kind of had a, yeah, this movie kind of had a vibe of Clockwork Orange and The Shining to me. Oh, okay. that's interesting. I want to hear you talk more about take. that when we get into it. Yeah, I want to hear more I about that. You, I can see where you're going a little bit with that clockwork orange. Yeah, I mean, it's well, just real- kind of kind of the way I felt about it. Cool. Hyderberg, so real quick, it. do you want to give us a quick reach around plot summary? I'll give you guys a reach around. <laughs> that's his uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. You always do. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a giver. So. Consider uh, Tasha Voss, an elite corporate assassin, takes control of other people's bodies using brain implant technology to execute high-profile targets. With each recent target, she's been glitching out, mistakenly, mistaking her uh, reality with the one that she's implanted in. Her love of her job has become an outlet for her homicidal outbursts. This next target will test her psyche as well as her reality. Can she mix business with pleasure and maintain her everyday life? Her family may never know the killing machine she is. And by the time they do, it may be too late. Damn. That sounds like a plot summary that you put on the back of the, the Blu-ray box. <laughs> I'm sure it is. That's pretty Actually, good. That's that, pretty good. That was very good. That Maybe was very honing good. my technique here. My but reach arounds are getting, I'm reaching <laughs> further around. Yeah, you are. You're getting deeper and deeper with the reach around. I like it. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. We're we'll talking about Possessor from 2020, director Brandon Cronenberg in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, uh, pause podcast, go check it out on Hulu, which is where I think all of us watched it. Yep. There you go. Go free. Yeah, I totally watched it on Hulu. I didn't bootleg it at all. Yeah. Okay. I can't, <laughs> I can't hold it back. I fucking All right. Hit us with it. I loved, love this movie. I knew you were going to say that. So you were trying to make us think. I knew you liked yeah. it. And you're going to give it a fucking five, uh, ten. John, you freaked me out. I thought you were going to say you hated nah, it. You I, I knew all... he did. I, I loved it. I don't know what it is about these psychological horror movies. Um, you know, for example, and this is not a comparison to Midsummer, but the psychologicalness of it, um, the ending was dope. It was heartbreaking, and you're just like the second damn. time watching it. I really like the ending hit me even harder. I was like, holy yeah. crap. Like I feel like yes. maybe I paid more attention to it now with a critical eye because we're reviewing it too. Yes. Yeah, there's there's problems with it. Um and oh, you, absolutely. You, you guys have both mentioned David Cronenberg, and I love Cronenberg. I think I think he's fantastic. He leaned into what his daddy did, you know, the, mm-hmm. the body absolutely. horror stuff. And but it you was tell done. When he got his 
I know, but it was done with such reverence and such a, you know, just, it it was, it was like, almost like he perfected body horror without making it overly campy, maybe. Yeah. What his dad did. And and what his dad did was revolutionary. And he's a classic director. Um, I think Brandon's only directed one other feature film before this. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Antiviral. Yeah, oh, I, I, I'll be happy to get into that if you want. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Save absolutely. We should jump into that as well. Um, I don't know. He's done man. some shorts too, I believe. Yeah. I just say, like like the Clockwork Orange thing to me was just yeah, very. Yeah. Uh, Tell me it about very, that. It was very grainy and just very. Uh, didn't really feel like a film. It, it felt a little documentary style, like like just kind of um, you know the perspectives, not not necessarily first person. But like you're documenting what this person is going through, jumping from body to body and the way they do it. Um, it also had a little giallo to it with the color schemes because it was mm-hmm. very colorful, okay, very, very vibrant colors that were coming out. Of you. And again, yellows and oranges. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just it, you didn't really know because I didn't pick up on, you know, red meant this color or yellow meant this color. It was all like. But when they when he used it in the movie, it made the scene more effective. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about the mask and just just in not not reading reading a spoiler free review of it is like that mask will mess you up or the the look of the mask will mess you up. And it did. I mean, it was so it, it was disturbing. It felt real. Like like if somebody got their face removed, that's what it would look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the. um. Like we're skipping ahead, but that the acting under the mask mm-hmm. was cool. Like you got to see the way that it went back to scenes that we had previously seen, and now Colin seeing them, and and you know through her eyes or whatever, and you're seeing like Holly, the first mm-hmm. uh, target that we see, but Colin's actually seeing what Tosh saw, but you got Tosh's face on him. It's really weird. And then when when they show her house and Colin's looking at her house. You can see a look of like desperation on Colin's face, but it's actually Tosh, I think, realizing like, oh, my God, this guy sees where I live. Like he's seeing they're they're seeing together like he she's seeing what he's seeing, too. Yeah, she realizes, oh, my God, he's got me like he knows about me. He knows where I live and where my family is. Yeah, I think if we're going to skip ahead to a little bit to the end a little bit. Um, I something I liked about the end is that it became almost like a fight over control of the, the mind and body that, that they're both sort of inhabiting. And yeah. in a way, it reminded me, not in tone or anything, but thematically, it reminded me a little bit of Mulholland Drive, where there's like okay. this mixing of identities. And for a while, you're confused. And you don't really know who's who. And is this person really this person? Or is this person the other person that we saw earlier, but with a different name? And, um, and so, um, I actually, since we had such a long gap between our last recording and tonight, and we had to like postpone a couple of times, I took the opportunity to watch it a second time since I hadn't seen it before. And I agree with you guys, the second viewing really like crystallized something for me. Uh, because on the first viewing, I, I was a little, it, everything was a little ambiguous for me. And I was actually uncomfortable with that. Like my brain was trying really hard to make sense of every single detail. And so I was a little frustrated at the end of the first watch. Uh, And I thought, well, I don't know how I feel about this. And then 
time went on and we postponed the recording. And so I watched it a second time and I kind of just decided to let go of that need to figure everything out and just kind of embrace what was coming at me and, and embrace the ambiguity. And that made it a totally different experience for me. Uh, I, I think you, you, and I, I appreciate that because this is like, like this first and a half time I watched it. Cause I've, I've watched it in passing and saw some cool things to it. Uh, you brought up Mulholland drive from David Lynch. And I think David Lynch purposely tries to fuck with your head and just like, okay, you figure it out. This is what's in my head. You need to figure out what's going on in my head. What Brandon Cronenberg did with this, the structure of this movie and the way he shot it is I'm going to throw things at you and you're not going to get it the first watch. He, he, he allowed this movie, in my opinion, to make sure you watch it multiple times. So you pick up on things that you missed because you're so, you're you're so ingrained in or engulfed into the, into the plot that you miss things. Yes. Yeah. When you do watch Yeah, exactly right. And I think that's so brilliant of him. I mean, it it was such a, it was so well made, but so like you said, Jacqueline, disturbing and it's just uncomfortable. Especially the ending. Yeah. Yes. It hit harder with me the second time watching it than it did the first time. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, we were talking about two people, but there's like a third party too that was manipulating, which is Gerda. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she was strictly in the body of the son, right? She was, but I like I almost wonder how much of this she might have facilitated to manipulate Tosh because she's trying to breed Tosh to be her yeah her uh, predecessor, you know, I mean, I mean, take over and yeah. You, she even says she's like I can't go into bodies anymore like it's too stressful yeah. and this job's too stressful and, and I want you to take over and then like at the end, you see, when you see Tosh, I know we're skipping ahead, but when when okay. she shoots her her son, it flips to her. Yeah, and you see that was her. The she's deciding to shoot her son. Like she's yeah, letting that go of her family. Moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she's doing it. You know, and like Gerda, yeah, she's in the sun. Maybe she doesn't know that Gerda's in the sun, but I'm wondering how much did Gerda know that was that's where it was going to lead? You know what I mean? Like. Was there, did they know that she was starting to glitch out or maybe they put something in her to start glitching her out over time? It was well, that's an interesting point. I had not considered the possibility that the whole, this whole thing was kind of like uh, manipulated or facilitated by, uh, what's her name? Jennifer Gerda. Jason Lee? Yeah. Um, yeah, because we hear her say earlier on, she's like, oh, I thought you left that other life behind. You know, I thought you were totally done with that. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, I am. But clearly she's not. It takes one thread, right? You have one thread that, like, mm-hmm. connects you, right? So that's, she severed that thread. Or she gave Tosh the opportunity to do it herself. Because Tosh was losing herself in her work anyway. Even when she went yeah. home, she was, like, she was disconnected from her family. How, how awesome was that scene? And how awesome was that scene? You know, as soon as she came out, because Jennifer Jason Lee, you know, quizzed her, like had a box full of things. This is this is my grandfather's pipe. You know, I killed this butterfly and saved it. And then she went to her house. I'm and so she's sorry re- for it. Yeah. And, and she started rehearsing. She's sitting there on a vape pen, just sucking away on that bad boy and just trying to rehearse. A, I'm hungry. I'm oh, darling, how are you? You know, and just trying to be normalized or be now the normal? way she did that was the same way she does when she studies one of her new targets and she's That's trying ex- to get their, their mannerisms and their you know their dialect and the way they speak yeah it's like she's she's rehearsing to be herself which yeah. is exactly so but bizarre she doesn't really know who she is anymore i feel like right 
Well, and so but I think that's like he almost feels like normal. Yeah, and so like Weird. to me, this movie exact no Hyderabad. That's that's exactly what I thought. To me, this movie is about like the we th- we think of our identities as being like adhered to our bodies. Like my mind is in my body. My body is part of me. And I think this movie is about like, well, what if that's not really true? Like, what if our bodies and our identities and what we think of as ourselves are uh, like much less clear and much less yeah. cut and dried than that? And They're separate. With, with the development uh, and advancement of technology, like that adhesion may come loose. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so to me, that was like just really an awesome idea to, to consider. And it, it plays out to like unsettling effect. If it was your job to, to take over somebody's body with your, your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. And then when you go back to your body, it's like a vessel now. Like you feel, I could see you feeling disconnected with reality after, over time. Like that could get to you. Like maybe well, she felt more like- alive doing the job. Yeah. That's why, like when she does that first kill, she's like playing with the blood. She's like touching it. And like, it's almost, we. it's like, I don't know. It's the way she's like looking at what she did. And just that reality is like, I don't know. It's weird to her. Yeah. It's more of an act to be herself and in her normal life. It's kind of like, it's, yeah. you know, you know how they say like, oh, if an astronaut goes to Mars or wherever and stays like too long, the gravity, you know, is different. Mm-hmm. So your bones get weak. And then if you try to yep. return to earth, you're not really like, an earth person anymore and you like your bones are going to break and stuff it's like you're not really of that world anymore it's it's almost like she's kind of trapped in between it's almost like she doesn't really have an identity yeah at all like your, your concept of reality is gone yeah for sure there's one thing i dislike in in horror movies or movies period is sex and violence but there was that the, the sex scene that her and her husband have or i guess ex-husband pretty much at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. They're like separated she, she, or something. Yeah. She is so like disinterested in it, but then there's a cut scene to where she puts the knife in when she was the other person into the guy's throat. And that's all she could think of. And to me, that was really effective. And I, again, I don't like that. I don't like the mix of that. It doesn't make, you know, go, Oh yeah. Hey, that was great. No, it's not. But like for this scene, I, I thought it really, really leaned in. It puts you into, into a point in the movie even though that there was that scene before where she got shot and, or stabbed the guy and they got shot. And then it was like, you know, some nice blood, good uh, uh, practical special effects that, you know, it put you into, you're on a ride now. That scene right there in particular made me go, okay, you're going on a ride for this movie. That's where we see the disconnect too. Like she's not even able to complete the job the way she's supposed to. Right. She's supposed to kill herself. Right? And she's also supposed to take out the guy with a gun. Mm-hmm. He chooses, and the two times we've seen her kill somebody, she chooses something way more visceral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like intimate, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she wants to feel the kill. Yeah. And so and that's, that's what makes me think, I'm sorry. That's what makes me okay. think like at the end when uh, she's in Tate's body and she hacks the husband with the, the hatchet or whatever that was, or, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, the meat cleaver. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. That's the first time cool. around. Yeah, the first time around, I was unclear about like who is she right now, and the second time, I thought I think it's probably her, because yeah. I think otherwise she probably would have used or he probably would have used the gun. Yeah, because were, Tate coerced her out. 
Remember, he like forces her to come out and face yeah. him. And, and you does. visibly see them kind of separate. Yeah, the that mind. scene was cool. Yeah, I, I didn't like quite have a handle on it the first time around. And Me so neither. it's kind of like just trying to keep up. But the second time I was like, okay, they've separated now. He kind of pulled her out. and But then, because he says, come out or I'm going to kill him. Yeah. So she comes out and you think, oh, she's trying to save her husband. But then I think it's really her in control when he gets hacked up. I think there's a chance that maybe Tate might have swung it first to like disarm the guy when he cuts the fingers off. And then like Tosh just leans into it and just starts hacking the guy up. Like, Oh my gosh. Or maybe, Ugh. maybe it was Tosh the whole time. Like that scene is, it's brutal. The, 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 the level of violence in this movie, it's like subtle. And like when it happens, it's in your face and it's like, they're not turning away. And it's like, this is real. Like this person's dead. Yeah, yeah, the kill scene. <laughs> Sean Bean dies in. Well, I guess Sean Bean doesn't die in the movie. He dies in every no, he movie. Doesn't. We don't know. But he didn't we die. Didn't he didn't die. Scene where they show him, like he's all in disfigured the and stuff. Yeah. 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 That scene yeah. is brutal. Somebody <sighs> said later that he survived. He was just. Uh, yeah, I think so because she she definitely botched that that killing. But killed yeah. the girlfriend. I mean, it's just like like just executed her. Just bam, bam. Yeah, and then stuck that that glass shard right in his in her head. <sighs> I but think like, she did that. Did she do that to try to remove the implant? Yeah. Because you remember they said, oh, there was significant damage to the implant. Yeah. And then uh, that's when Colin starts taking over. She does that. And Colin's like fighting back, I think, a little bit right there. And then like, where she's starting to lose grip. And then Colin's taking over as she's like walking through the street. Like that's Colin. Because Colin walks over to that girl. I forgot the girl's house, but the one that he's like kind of cheating on his girlfriend with or whatever. Mm-hmm. He obviously knew where she lived. He went there. And then um, you get that scene where that other dude showed up that he worked with at the um, the data mining place. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That Sean Bean owned. Yeah, that that's right. Up, he's like a sleeper. He's like a plant, basically, like to watch her to make sure she gets the job done, I guess, and get information. Yeah, for sure. There's the a job. lot. Of th- there's a lot of sex scenes in this movie too. Holy moly! One at the yeah. beginning. And then when they're doing the VR thing of like trying to point out a, an apartment, there's a camera in there and he's uh, like talking about, oh, Venetian blinds, a uh, white yeah. wall, you know, and then this couple is getting it on. You see would, Dong and full frontal female genitalia. But yeah, they, they, they were equal opportunity nudity uh, movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Everybody. So I was also, thinking about, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, so I was going to kind of go back to something um, when you guys was talking about earlier, I can't even remember now, but uh, sort of comparing themes in this movie to his father's work, uh, because it seemed to me, I think to all of us, it seems so obvious that he's sort of carrying the mantle into his own films of like body horror. And I would even also add the term like techno horror. That's Yeah, that's um, a good term for it. And what's funny to me is that, like, uh, I read in some interview where Brandon Cronenberg claimed that he was not deliberately trying to continue or perpetuate themes that his father explored in his work. And to me, that's just laughable because it's so obvious. If he's not, I would still like him to do that. I haven't seen his first film. Oh, well, let's, we can. You saw it? I I saw it. Just the name alone sounds like something, like Rabid or whatever. I think it's. It's not a bad movie, but I think it's less, way less good than this movie for a lot yeah. of reasons. Okay. It, it was it, like, it's, I, it took me a, years later, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know why there was such a long lag, but I, I did watch it. it um, and I thought it was like, it was a slog for me to get through. It took me like four tries to get all the way through it. I hate um, those movies. I definitely think this is the film that could like springboard his career, though, like further. You give him a bigger budget. Yeah, and, I think you know, so give too. Him time I... to write something and or do somebody else's idea, whatever, or collaborate with somebody. Like he could make some really good films. I'm bummed. Yeah, I'm bummed I didn't get to watch this when it first came out. Um, yeah, I didn't see it in the theater. Um, well, obviously they were. <laughs> I know exactly right. I think yeah, it, but a it lot of people have a limited theatrical release in like New oh, York City real? and a couple places. Yeah, the well, and they had video on demand and stuff, but I wasn't going to pay twenty bucks. I'm like, it's yeah. not. You know, it came on Hulu, and I'm like, oh, hey, cool, I'll check it out. Um, but I, I'm glad I watched it and we're reviewing it now. I, I loved it. I mean, I guess everything about this movie, the acting, the color. It's shot really scene. well. Uh, yeah. And, and Cinematography. The, the mm-hmm. graphics, the computer graphics, so the, the melting of the face and unmelting. And, and so that they did great. a lot of they did a lot of the special effects in camera, from what I understand, too. Yeah. I love the fact that it was practical. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I think that like the kind of what you're talking about, that sort of psychedelic imagery with the faces melting, like one's melting away and one's melting into place. And yeah. um, the kind of internal, those, those, those moments where it's kind of like a montage and you get the feeling that you're inside the person's mm-hmm. head, like that kind of stuff, the psychedelia of it reminded me a lot of um, like Cosmatos' films, like Mandy and Beyond the Black Rainbow. It, it just kind of- I've never seen Beyond the Black Rainbow yet. Yeah. Uh, I saw it several years ago, like when it first okay. came out. And so I don't really remember much about it, except the kind of feel that, of it though. and yeah. the aesthetic. I did see Mandy. Yeah. And so just kind of these like really colorful, disorienting montages. Um, so I don't know if he was sort of taking a cue stylistically from some of those movies at certain moments, um, but it really worked. And like yeah. I said, I don't know what was going on in those eight years between his films, but he figured something out. Because I think I think this film shows like a maturing of style and like much more complex themes in this movie than in the first movie, Antiviral. I also like I love the theme of like like um, like corporate espionage, you know, through possessing someone as a patsy, basically. Like I think that's a cool idea, like possessing somebody and then having them take the you know take the blame like that's really cool because like that person is not connected to the victim at all exactly. there's no strings to tie anything anybody investigating that crime is like what the fuck happened here it's right? genius it's really, it's it had genius. like an inception yeah. sort of vibe to it to me where like i i just like those that sort of vibe like it's really cool i, I and i'm gonna be silly about this i'm gonna be silly about this but this feels like a smart version of total recall I was just okay. gonna say that. Oh my <laughs> the god! The unit that he put on, like I even thought the tech was cool. It was sort of yeah. retro. The room that they were in with the like the burgundy carpet and mm-hmm. like the beige like tech was really cool. It was just so they had like the the psychiatrist sort of chairs yeah. that he laid on as she as Gerda spoke to her. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Yeah, I thought the aesthetic was really well well done. Whoever did like the the set design and stuff like yeah. that, they did a really good job. They nailed it. See, John, we're your people. You don't have to say, oh, I'm going to be stupid about this or whatever. We're, we're I felt right like there with recall. you. Hey, yeah. John, I was going to say, it's like Inception meets Total Recall. You need to get out of here. Get to the Get chopper. out of here. Get your ass to Mars. I didn't know you guys were so good at impressions. Holy cow. Hey, okay, we're going to keep it entertaining. <laughs> Who now? 
Oh, gosh. And we hit on some of the violence. I mean, like the stab to the neck was wonderful to me. The shot to that because they he didn't they hold back, back. To that several times, too. You see yeah. her husband has it. She views her husband. And then you see that, like, she sees that close up of it, too. Yeah, and you talked about the Sean Bean character, the the girlfriend's dad, like the fire poker to the teeth, and then to the eyeballs. Yeah, and I'm just like she kind of started to lever lever the live the eyeball out. Yeah, that scene was in the regular version, or or if it was added in the uncut, the eyeball. We we saw. I I saw. I remember the stabbing, but the eyeball scene. Maybe I just didn't. Maybe it all like kind of blurred. But the eyeball scene me this time i was like oh it, yeah it was a really fast it, it was really fast i mean he he, yeah. he dwelled on the shot but he just uh, this the scene itself went by really fast because to the dad to the girlfriend done yeah and it wasn't over embellished like that violence feels like the way it would be if you walked in the, the room to somebody getting like killed like that like that's how you know violence in real life it, it's surreal sort of like that you know yeah and something was disturbing to me i i, I honestly i couldn't tell you why but the the this the scenery of the house, like the way it was shot, kind of like on the floor as he's walking towards the girlfriend, you know, it's like under his chin. But you see the ceiling, this beautiful aesthetic of, you know, this beautiful mansion and the way he's walking and the look on the, the actor's face while he's walking. I, I, I don't know exactly why it bothered me so much, but it, I liked it. It was really disturbing, though. He was good. The acting is good in this, too. Yeah, it almost yeah. felt like. Like nothing going on, but something going on, but nothing. I don't. Going I don't on. remember what Christopher Abbott's like. I know I've seen him in some other things, but he was Is really that Tate? good. Yeah, uh, I, don't I don't recognize him. It, yeah, I recognize him from some stuff, but I just can't remember what. My girlfriend thought he was very handsome. I would agree yeah, with he's that. Pretty, pretty handsome for a coke dealer. <laughs> <laughs> for a coke, they're not known to be. His situation yeah. was just Most sort of, of dire too. It kind of sucked, like. Imagine being with that girl and like her dad gave you a job and like Sean Bean was such a prick in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Which he does really well. That's why he dies in a lot of his movies. <laughs> well, he I thought he played really I, well and you I, want to see the prick die. I thought he played an elite perfectly. I mean, and again, oh, it was it was like it wasn't necessarily a throwaway character. It just kind of gave you yeah. more, a little more right to the reason of you know why this was happening. I thought the the gal that played uh Tosh that she was um she kind of reminded me of a little of Tilda Swinton. Yes. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like a totally younger agree. Tilda Swinton. Well, well, she was Mandy. You guys know that, right? She oh, was, right? right? Okay. Now that makes sense. Oh my God. Yeah. She was blonde. She was Mandy, right? right? With the long yes. hair. That makes sense. And she had black hair. And man, oh man, I yep. can watch Mandy again. I missed yes. last week's Joe Bob. So I wasn't. So did I. I, I, well, I, I work till like 11 every Friday night. So it's like, oh, I can't. that's too late to jump on. Yeah. I know it is. Yeah, everybody's sleeping already. I mean, I would love to see like a prequel or a graphic novel about this, like this world in general. Just the idea of like possessing. Why? Yeah, why couldn't they? Like, do... That's not a throwaway idea. That's something you should embellish, like use somewhere else. They can. So do I have different... a trivia. Go, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I have a trivia point about this. Actually, I'll just throw it out there now. Apparently, yeah. there was so much material uh, in the film that got cut out, or stuff that was in the script that didn't get used, or whatever. That um, Brandon Cronenberg has actually talked about making a second film using all the scraps and stuff that okay. didn't get used the first time around. So I am I can even see like an that. Amazon original like TV show or something just based on the oh, idea. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I, was like, I love that. That, that whole like tech and like, I don't know, that's just a really cool idea. And there's so many different stories you could do with that. Oh yeah, for sure. I would, I would love to see that, but. Um, Possessor SVU. 
Oh I'm just God. saying, like, you don't need to have somebody who gets confused again with their reality, but you could do so much with that idea. Yeah, just the idea so of, agent, like, just like, being a inserted. Agent in... sort of story. Yeah. So totally. after the, after this, guys, we're going to type out some scripts for, like, like ideas for TV shows. Yeah, we'll send them running. We'll I, see in all think. seriousness, that is actually very brilliant. It is. It's actually, I love that idea. I love that this could, you know, like a Black Mirror or, or Channel Zero or whatever, like, you know, just a, that a, type of idea, that Black an Mirror. An hour-long show that you put on Shutter that you can put on Prime or whatever. Yeah, I love that. I, yeah. I mean, to me, this movie. And he doesn't even have to make it. He could kind of just oversee it and then produce. Yeah, be a consultant some younger or something. Director or something like Wider. that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get really, really famous cool with the though. podcast and then, uh, you know, reach out to him and he'll have to listen to us. Absolutely. We just okay, need Brandon. that thumbnail and we're ready to go. Yo, Bray. <laughs> yeah. Bray, come on over, buddy. <laughs> we have some suggestions yeah, for you. Daddy Berg, we said <laughs> know. hello. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, Have you guys um, seen like some of um, his father's films that aren't like horror, like History of Violence or? Yeah. I saw that a long time. Is that with Vigo? Yeah, Morgan? Eastern Promises. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yes. A long time yeah. ago. So like yeah, those it's... movies definitely nail that that surreal, um, like violence also. It, it, but the, you know that's the thing. You know, and we I guess we mentioned body horror and we're using the term very loosely, but. I think Eastern Promises it, and and uh, the, the other movie you mentioned, Hydroberg, is, is I think a little more on point of what we're talking about, a little more realistic. Yeah. Like because that no, knife your scene, face is not distorted. Yeah. Eastern Promises is like, that, that in the scene has steam- stuck with me since I've seen it. I've only seen it once. Are you talking about the one in the steam room? Yeah. And I don't in the like, shower. It made the, me feel uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Without scene. a doubt. But but that's the thing is that that maybe it's not so much horror, body horror. Maybe it's just straight up violence you know yeah. because yeah. these things are violent um you know to me body horror you know like a movie like society where people are melting together and just gross guts are coming out stuff like this this, this was just straight up violent well <clears throat> body horror isn't always just like mutating bodies or weird that's, I, I, I mean, and i get it just said, like just violence yeah i i get that I, I i get i get like uh, uh and i'll give you a perfect example human centipede you know that's yeah. body horror. Yeah. But but to me, this is not this is not doing anything out of the ordinary. If you stab somebody in the neck, they're going to bleed to death. Right. You know, or if you stab somebody in the eyeball and you twist the the the, the poker in the eyeball, it's going to come straight out. I think part so, of it's the yeah. way it's shot too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. Like the way you don't cut away from it and you sort of let it, let let people see it. Like this is. It's, it's like, just violent. Like the violence is graphic here, but to be honest with Possessor, I don't know that I would even necessarily call it body horror. Um, well, that's and, and that may just come it. down to like one's own personal text. I like what you called it. What do you call it? Tech horror? Techno horror. Yeah, to me, yeah, this I is like more that. like that's a cool term. Yeah, like the like the body is involved here, and we're we're dealing with questions of like the body as identity. But I don't feel that the horror or like disturbance necessarily come so much from the physical in this movie um like i'm like that's not the source of the horror for me uh and so that's why i want to call it techno horror because it's like what is what are we doing with technology that is creating this problem yeah and um and it's kind it's kind of similar with antiviral his first film like just in a sentence what that's about is about celebrities selling diseases like they get sick with diseases and rashes and stuff and they extract, they have like a, a firm that extracts the virus or the blood or whatever, and then sells it to. Oh, so you can be like, public. I want Ben Affleck's flu. 
Yes, exactly. That's, That's exactly so right. Weird. And so it's like you're commodifying your body. Well, why would um, I have any normal flu? I'd rather have JLo's, you know? Right. No, that's exactly. <laughs> so that's exactly what it's about. That's um, and so that like, again, that's about like, what are we doing with technology to separate our bodies from like ourselves and like commodify our yeah. physical selves? It's an interesting idea. I, I, I love where you're going with that. I, I didn't so much get that from this movie. I, I got more of a, of losing yourself. You know, I, I, I think if, if for me to simplify it for myself, just to really help get through the movie was just focus on what's important. You know, obviously if you focus on your job, you're going to lose, you know, um, that's more important to you. Uh, your family. That being a metaphor. Yeah. Um, I yeah, just, no, I just totally, in her I, work. Um, I thought it was just a very well put together, violent horror movie, which just made me so uncomfortable. A lot of the movie. I mean, there was there was never really any downtime. There was I was always looking for things. I was always attentive to what was going on around. And maybe I missed something because I was paying attention to over here when I should have been paying attention to right here. But that's what I loved about it. That's what makes multiple viewings good with the movie. Exactly. Like yep, exactly right. Because exactly. you looked over here, first viewing, second viewing, you're, you're concentrating over here. And then you go, oh, there it is. Now I get it, yeah. It's very textured, right? Like there's a lot of layers to it. And so that's, it makes it rich for revisiting. Like antiviral, you know, like what I, how I described it, that's like, in my opinion, that's like kind of all there is to it i don't think there's too much meat to chew on with that it's like okay i get it i get what this is about sounds like it had and, a cool idea that didn't actually pan out as yeah well. i don't think the execution was so great and so yeah. that's why i say i think he's really matured with this one and so john i totally said. agree with you it's like losing yourself and you can you could look at possessor through a feminist lens too like, oh, without a doubt without a doubt like this age-old dilemma where women are forced to choose like, do you want to focus on your career or are you going to focus on your family? Because you can't do both well. You know, you, you got to choose. Um, That's why a protagonist is a woman, too, maybe. That, you yeah. might be honest. That might actually be why. Well, it, also... no, exactly. And it's like, but, but it's like, I think that it's unsettling to society at large if a woman is not prioritizing her family. It's like, it's like a yeah. mark against her or if she doesn't want that family to begin with. Like, I don't know if you guys saw, we need to talk about Kevin or read that book. No, I want to watch it though. I started oh, watching man. it one so, night. I heard about so it. Good. Talk, talk oh. about Tilda Swinton. Oh my yeah, gosh. I fell asleep it. on it. Oh yeah. It's, no, it's long, yeah. but dude, watch the all, all the way through. I know. You got to get it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's like, it's vilifying women for not making the choice that's expected of them. And so in a way you can almost, you put a read on this where I almost just said Tilda Swinton. What's her name? Andrea Riseborough is um, it's almost like, almost like she's sort of trapped. And yeah. this this thread, like um, Gerder describes it early on, there's like a thread that's like inhabiting your psyche, and that's all it takes to cause this crack, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's like that thread is is really holding her back, and it sounds like she, even from the beginning, she's not really invested in this family. No, no. And so I think it's easy to villainize her before, but yeah. Well, well, she also in kind of go. They definitely <laughs> have a tumultuous relationship. They do, and and you know we had talked about it before. Is that you know her standing out inside of her you know former house, I guess, and trying to rehearse what she was going to say. But there's also a point where 
what friends are over and she's just trying yeah. to relate, but she's so zoned out. She even and, tells and, her husband, can you send them home? Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, you know, she sees her son and she, she smells him very, I mean, it's one thing for a mother to, or a father to want to smell their child because of the essence of them, but she just does it to get like, what like is to it? to feel something. Like a dog yeah. almost. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like what are and then you? Then we see Colin yeah. doing that later, as if he's <laughs> exactly. seeing her. Like he's seeing what she sees, and he's like, almost like, yeah, something's up with her. Like, why? Who does this? You know? Yeah, uh, she's all also, the checked we, out. Of, go ahead. Real quick, the dialogue with the husband when they're having the dinner party, and he's talking about the the hairy chested um, professor and the yeah. hair leaving. Like, yeah. I just thought that dialogue that made me fucking laugh. Like, it was so funny. He's talking he's like about he his chest around there, roaming night. the halls of the girls' dormitory. <laughs> Sneaking up on menstruating women. Oh, my women. God. Menstruating women. I was just like, that. who writes that? I thought that was good. Just a good spot great. of dialogue. You know, It great. was intellectual, but like stupid at the same time. I, I liked it. Yeah, well, it sounds it, like the kind of stupid thing I like that some dude would be talking about too, to his friends. You know? Yeah, the husband that, actually. Yeah, I'll go back to that. Is the husband. And, and Jacqueline, what you said, you know, this could be almost taken from a feminist perspective of like, you know, the husband of being caring and being at home and, and really taking care of these things of, you know, the roles reversed of what Hollywood and people usually old way of thinking of this is the way it needed to be. It just it flipped right. that on its head, which was fantastic. So yeah. you did feel bad for him. Yeah, you know, yeah. The guy didn't, he wasn't guy, like a chauvinistic sort of like he was caring. He wasn't a perfect we person. Could see. He, he yeah. by far was not a perfect person, but he wasn't a he wasn't a jerk. He, he wasn't no. a, he wasn't a bad guy at all. He, he was, was trying to be guy. supportive. That's why yeah. I feel like you feel when, when he gets killed later, you're like, oh, my God. That was brutal, now, man. Just With the son, how long ago do you think Gerder had, because they have to kidnap you for at least four hours to put that implant in your head. That's a good point. When did they decide to put an implant in this kid's head? I wonder if there's been an implant in this kid's head the whole time. So that at any moment, if they needed to jack into her family, they could. That's an interesting possibility. When she was missing and they knew that she'd probably come home eventually and they decided, let's get the son. Why not the husband? Why get the son? Maybe there's an implant in the husband as well. We're not aware of. I I, I think, I think just in my opinion, I think probably because there was more of a connection to the son, even though she was completely disconnected from the family. Maybe it it didn't meet because she, she was able to kill the husband. No problem. And but you know there was some hesitation when it came to the son. Killed and their then, son, pretty much no problem too. But but there was, I mean, there was a lot of maliciousness. It was like because you notice when she kills the son, it flashes to her. Yeah, no, it's I know definitely it her. It's definitely yeah, yeah, for sure. And she shoots him several times. Right. Yeah, I, like that. That was just so disturbing oh, to me because and both it their totally blood subverts. starts like touching. Man, was, was that, was that was not weird. a beautiful show? A beautiful it was. It almost looked like a heart. Yeah. Well, so Their I read that was that was. Slowly... Oh, I what? read that that was intended to echo the shape of the butterfly that she oh, killed okay. as a child and felt bad about okay. it at first, but now she doesn't feel bad. Now about I'm gonna it. have to watch that scene again. I could just watch that ending. It's very tense. <laughs> that's a masterful scene. I mean, yeah, just... it's really well done. I, I, feel I like will that's... say the worm part. When he's talking about the cat poop and stuff like that, that was a little weird. So actually, I I'm so glad you brought that up. I almost forgot to mention it. I think that that line was one of the most important pieces of yeah. dialogue in the whole movie. Okay. Because it it to me at least it illustrated like what this Parasite. movie is about. Like okay, so something gets into your brain. Like I mean, it didn't have to be cat poop. I don't know why that was like the mode. That's what I mean. Of like the infection. way they chose to but, like, inject some- it. 
but like something gets into your brain and it causes you to get an idea and you follow that idea, but is it really you doing it or is it the, the, the malfunction idea. in your brain, the, the worm in your brain or whatever. And soon this is a totally different person. And who are you married to now? Is that still your yeah. wife or is it something or someone else? And so to me, that's like what this movie was all about is like the, the malleability of identity. Okay. And, so that's yeah the cat poop part was weird but like the the idea behind it i think was important which really makes important. me feel like maybe gerda was the one who was implanting the parasite almost to get tosh into this position where eventually she would cut that thread yeah and then give a- up everything because so that when in the end when they show when they do the baseline test or whatever you want to call that yeah. And she picks up the butterfly. She says, I killed this and I, I captured it. She never says, I feel bad about it ever again. Right. But she's changed for good now. Yeah. And then her girder writes down, good, that's good. Yeah. So well, she said yeah, that you mentioned beginning. that earlier. Yeah. She yeah. said at the very beginning, she goes, yeah, good. That's excellent. Good. Yeah. But she, originally she, she says, I felt, I still feel bad about killing this butterfly. Mm-hmm. And right. she never says it again. But that's like, seriously, on a second watch, you won't pick that up. You'll be like, oh, yeah. okay. You know, I mean, the second time you watch it, like, oh shit, she yeah, I didn't did pick up say the that. Importance of that the she goes, mm-hmm. I felt bad about it at the beginning, and at the end, she goes, yeah, and I captured it. That was and like her went, inception moment with the oh, top spinning, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So Heidelberg, I think you might be onto something that maybe this was like manipulated by Gerder to cut that thread. I'd, I'd love to know so. if it was like there's that they definitely lead you in that that direction to think that if you want to like you can think that you can think that Tosh just kind of came across you know came uh, apart at the seam sort of and disconnected herself from reality and then ended up you know choosing work over her family or you know because she seems like she felt more at ease doing her job than she did dealing with you know I also think you guys both small talk and like she just wasn't into dealing with her family yeah the ambiguity and you know for me it's that makes a lot more sense rather than watching a david lynch movie where it's like you know it can be interpreted eight thousand different ways this one it could go one way or the other but it actually it makes a lot of sense of yeah let's cut the thread you know this person is going to be our next you know next me the next higher up or the next you know superstar assassin she was like Yeah. yeah That one guy even says, like, you know, the guy who um, who shocks her or whatever and then tries to, do, like, get her mind. Basically, the guy who's responsible for the two, for her and Colin meeting each other yep. in that scene with the mask. Like, um, you know, he even says, like, I'm a big fan of yours. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he's heard of her kills. And yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> other people that are either training to be like her or whatever, like, in the industry, they know of her. You know what I mean? Yeah. How fucked yeah. up was that thing that they put uh, that they would put in the head? To like recalibrate oh, I loved yeah. it. it also, that the scene too, when she wakes up and she's killed that guy, I thought that was cool. Like you don't see it, it's off camera, but like she wakes up, he's dead. Yeah. Who are you talking about? On and her, and then the girl oh. in the shower was dead too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mistress gal and the the guy that comes in all of a sudden. Hey, I need to recalibrate you right now because we need to get mm-hmm. you out of this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and then has that, you know, has that. Uh, this the wasn't that the mask scene. Where, yeah, that's where, where the mask yeah. starts. They went her to the and house, Colin, and then all of a sudden, their psyche starts seeing each other. Like that's when Colin's yeah. aware that she's there, and she's aware that Colin knows she's there. Yeah. And okay. Blend, and then Colin takes over. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that was. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think that if the son had not 
uh, stabbed her at the end, do you think, or stabbed Colin at the end, do you think that she still would have shot him? I don't know. She had already killed the husband. Mm-hmm. So would yes, it be I do. Maybe she I went do. upstairs and killed her son. I, do. I don't know. The stabbing definitely was the catalyst. <laughs> I feel like that definitely, it was a self-defense sort of thing. Yeah, kind of like a natural reaction. Gerda like somebody that. hurts you, you want to lash out and that but, was Gerda doing but that. her her doing it multiple times. It's one yeah. thing to go bang. And then the headshot in the end, like Yeah. She absolutely would have. Yeah. Yeah. So you think she was kind of just like looking for a, an excuse almost or like a trigger That's what moment. Makes me think like Gerda was like I do tipping her to the you know, tipping point, yeah. like pushing her and pushing her. But the maybe, it's hard to think that she knew that would all happen though but you know she is but maybe smart. She, but maybe she was actually pulling the strings because she allowed this guy in to show a little bit of him because that's how he went over to the house yeah we don't know she, like but but then the all of a sudden she of took like, back the over the chemicals and stuff that they used to put you under she might have known to like inject well, she, a little bit of this well she knew how to manipulate it to me i exactly. mean it's like she knew how to manipulate of letting the actual person in and then took over herself and then it's like okay here's my excuse and then boom we're done yep. Yeah. But that moment where the son says, pull me out, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And then Gerda the was fact in there that the whole time. Tosh, when she comes out of it, she looks at Gerda, who's in the device also. She knows that Gerda was just in her son. She has to know that. Mm-hmm. And she decides to work for her anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's, she's come like, to, right. to the acceptance of it. Like, yes, all right, I let go of that thread. You showed me how to, and I'm ready to work. Like, also, I know you're out of it when you come out of out of the, the you know the implant or whatever. But she had to have known like what was going on, and she accepted it. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Wonderful. It's just like a total like the, the transformation is complete. Like she's crossed and anybody, over. Yeah. And anybody that investigates that that crime scene, it's some dude came into the house who had killed somebody uh, a couple days earlier. Came in the house, killed the father, and killed the son. And and Tosh is not connected to it at all. No, yeah. because she, she there's obviously a law. She wasn't there connected, or she was away for business. Yeah. yeah. So so if I'm an imag- if I'm imagining a world in which this technology exists, for this to work in a world, it has to be. <laughs> oh God, it has to be a secret, right? Like the public at large and the yeah, government know cannot that. know about this technology because then they know to that this is possible and they know any of us could be jacked into it. Exactly. And so in order for this to really work as like an assassination business, it has to be secret. Um, They're like sleeper agents. Yeah. And so the other thing that I I love is that this movie is called Possessor. And I'm just imagining all the people who might've turned on this movie, not knowing who the Cronenberg name and thinking that this is going to be like a demonic possession movie. That's what I love about it though. I love yeah. that he used that word for the for what you do in this in like the tech and like that's what you're doing though you are you're possessing exactly. well exactly. again it's still yeah it, you're right it's still it's evil of what you're doing you're it is. killing somebody so yeah it's but it's not like a, dem- demonic. a demonic possession it, it's, it's not, not it's not it's not a demon but nobody says it has to be demonic like that's just where your mind goes right you exactly that, exactly but it's preconceived evil. notion of what possessing means right, right. yeah but it's like, I feel I like anybody that. who knows that this is Cron- uh, a Brandon Cronenberg film and knowing who David Cronenberg is, I feel like nobody would go into it expecting like a demonic, like I certainly didn't expect anything like demonic. I was like, okay, how's he going to play with this? Why is it called Possessor? 
Um, I actually I, did. From I the think the up. name actually is better. Had they used some other name like Implant or Jacked or whatever, like I don't think it would work. Jacked. I think Possessor is like really good. Oh, I, I agree. That's why I, it's yeah. almost like a little in joke or inside Absolutely. knowledge kind of thing. I, I love it. I, I think it's great. So um, yeah. So Any other major? Well, we're not there yet. I'm just kidding. Any other uh, major points you guys want to make before we wrap it up and give it our ratings? I mean, are there any flaws you guys see to this movie? I was thinking today, like, I didn't write down cons and pros like I do sometimes with movies. Um, I feel like maybe this, you know, he does crib from his dad a little bit, but I don't think that's necessarily bad. I, like, his dad makes great movies. Like, it's yeah, like I feel it's like it's more inspired style. by... It's his own style. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's inspired by it, but I don't feel that there's anything that would resemble plagiarism or just, like, yeah. stealing or knocking No, absolutely off. not. It's his own thing. It feels distinct to me. I, I I hate to say it, but I, I didn't see anything wrong with this movie. Uh, I think maybe if maybe I, they could have had a bigger budget. I don't know, but like, what for? Done, yeah, that wouldn't that, right. that wouldn't do anything for me. I like the way it was just crafted was so beautiful to me, and just the way it looked. I I really don't have any problems with this movie because it just maybe another watch. Maybe I'll you know okay that dialogue was stupid or whatever, but. I, I think I was just so engrossed by the movie and so entertained by it, so disturbed by it. It's just, it, it's really, <laughs> I'm looking through through rose colored glasses, which is ridiculous for me because I like to really analyze something if we're going to talk about it like this. But yeah. I, I, I couldn't. Like the scene when they crush, when she cr- he crushes her head, like that looks a little cheesy. But then when he takes for the real? mask off, the, the mask looks cool. The actual thought- head going in, that was like one of my small c- complaints, really. I, I gotta say, I loved it. Like it, that part worked for me. Uh, it looks when, rubbery when it when it goes in. I'm just but saying. it looks it's like a mask that fell in. But my eyeballs interpreted that as like maybe it's he, meant to look like that. Like it just it's artificial sort of. Yeah, it almost it's, looked it's like psyches, really. it's she was real. artificial. Yeah, it just, yeah, it, right. I don't know. It so maybe it was meant to look like that. Okay, so if you're going to crit- criticize that, you could also criticize Halloween for being in Haddonfield, Illinois, but you see palm trees, okay? You know, it's actually <laughs> California. It's a totally different movie, though. We haven't picked I understand. Movie. I'm just saying, if you're going to critique little things, but I mean, like, for me, I'm just it was saying, just, I feel like as a reviewer, I feel like I should find something maybe that's worth that, it. And that's fine. I totally okay. get oh, that. I mean, yeah, I know. That's cool. Absolutely. So what are we, what are we writing this out of there, uh, Jacqueline? Well, all right. So I guess I'll go first since I picked it. Um, Like you, John, I can't really think of anything to criticize about this movie. Um, I think, like I said, I think the first time watching it through, it it was a little confusing to me, but I don't think that's the movie's fault. I think that was my fault in terms of my expectations and my neurosis, like my neurotic and need to like, understand every detail and make sense of it as much as I can um so that was my own hang up and when I let go of that the second time around I felt like it was a work of art I really did I thought it was super brilliant um the story seems so well thought out and uh like everything really fits together all the pieces really fit together like I think the casting choices the acting performances Um, I I didn't even really talk about this, but in terms of the acting performances, I thought that Andrea Riceboro and the guy who played Tate were so great because we were able to like follow these two characters as like kind of versions of each other and themselves. uh, And yet emotionally, we're sort of kept at arm's length from them. Like it's not a protagonist that we 
heavily identify with emotionally, but we're still like engaged. You know what I mean? It's like, we weren't completely detached. And so it's like just the right amount of distance for me. Uh, And so the acting performances really worked. I think the sets were beautiful, the visual style, particularly with the kind of inner mind montages and the like psychedelic, almost hallucinatory visual experience. It was, it was just great. Um, I thought the dialogue all really worked. It really clicked for me. Um, I, I, I'm going to reserve like 10 out of 10 ratings for movies that are, that I think are like all time great, like just perfect films that have some kind of magic to them. So I'm going to hold off, hold back from 10, from a 10, and I'm going to give it nine out of 10 crushed skulls. Okay. <laughs> Andrew Berg, what about you, buddy? Um, I really like this movie. Uh, Jacqueline's right. I'm, like, I'm glad you watched it a second time. I don't know if like us having to wait three weeks, like helped you do that or yes. whether you had, would watch it. Yeah. So like, I watched it a second time. I watched it the first time the when the boys um, reviewed it, and uh, I liked it. But the ending, I like. I think it fell a little short for me. But this time, definitely, it hit better, and I was able to pay uh, more attention to, and I I was able to give it more a critical eye as well. Which there's not much I can find critical. I mean, I was kind of nitpicking before, mm-hmm. but um, no, I I really like it, and I'm excited to see more of his movies. And I don't care if they remind me of his father's work, like, because his father's work is excellent. Like, those movies, they hold up, you know? And if he can make half the movies his father did, I'd be happy with that. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be Possessor, but anything like it would would definitely light a fire for me. Um, this movie is shot really well. The cinematography is really good. I liked the beginning, like the lobby scene with uh, the water going in reverse. Like, I just thought that was cool. I don't know if he meant it to look like reality sort of bent, like it's going backwards or whatever. It was just a beautiful scene. The coloring was really good. <laughs> um, like everything just looked really good. I like the, the acting was like phenomenal in my opinion. You know, I thought the characters were really well done. And this world in general, like, I would love to just see more of it, like a prequel or, like I said, a graphic novel, a sequel, just like the world he set up, I'm interested in. Like, I would love to know more about it. Um, I, I think I'm going to give it, um, I think I agree. I'm going to give it a nine Crush Skulls as well. Because, like you said, like, okay, this could be a 10, but then there's things like The Thing and, like, The Exorcist. And to me, like, those those are near and dear to my heart. Yeah, let's not be rash. Reaches those lofty <laughs> heights, but I think this is an excellent film, and I recommend it. And I recommend watching it more than once. Yeah, yeah. Um, crush those skulls nine times. Nice, John. What about you? Well, I and I I kind of agree with you guys that that it has to have some longevity and like some years behind it to be a perfect movie. I agree to <laughs> with that to an extent, but just not with this movie. Because like you said, everything worked. The the visuals, the cinematography, the aesthetic, the acting, the storyline, the plot, you could follow along. And, you know, at times you get confused, but it also felt very uh, new. Um, yeah. Like it, it's something I've never seen before. It took some ideas of futuristic, you know, like Clockwork Orange or whatever. Um, you know, okay. So Daddy Cronenberg's The Master of Body Horror. 
I didn't see a lot of body horror in this. I just saw some some. Is this weird to say like necessary violence? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that makes sense. works. Yeah, the violence. Yeah, it's not gratuitous, felt, and neither yeah, is the exactly. sex. It's really not. No, no, no. No, it's not exploitative at all. And mm-hmm. like to me, it, it just really felt necessary. Like what you yeah. saw in there was just kind of like the, the perfect mix of everything. Um, everything you guys said is spot on. So I'm not going to repeat everything that you said. I do think uh, Brandon Kroderberg has something with this. If he if he leans into this, he's going to be one of the most successful directors in horror movies ever. Um, so kudos on the him. next movie he puts out for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, this is probably going to be the first on our podcast, but I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 crush goals. Nice. I respect that. You make a good point, though. Like, I'm trying to judge it based on other films that I like as well that have, you know, history. But you're right. Like, this movie did what it it was set out to do. Like, he made it well. well, Yeah, if I watch it five years down the line, am I going to watch this movie? It's shot beautifully. Yeah, if I uh, am I going to say the same thing, like I say about Halloween the original? I don't know. Well, that's not a perfect movie, so <laughs> I want. It is say a perfect. That. It is a perfect movie. Is it though? It is. It is. Okay. Maybe that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. <laughs> we'll do that in October, Hydraberg. We can do that. We can definitely yeah. do some kind of theme for October. So next week is my pick. I Fine. think the last you guys one... actually swayed me though. I was going to give no, it like an eight, eight point five. Oh. Huh. You were going to give this an April. Oh, you were going to give it an April. I thought it's my pick. Oh, no, oh, it's John's, right? Yeah, yeah you're the right. The last one was Deborah Logan. Deborah, yeah. Damn, I got ready to see. Oh, you guys ready yeah. for this one? <laughs> this is going to be fun. Oh, do you have their pick ready? I do. What's yeah, it I heard be? it's like one, one side or the other. What, the Shutter exclusive called Fried Berry. Yes. Ah. Oh, that's right. You told me. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing fried. I'm so happy that you picked that. I do want to watch that. And Psycho Gorman is out too. I want to watch that. Maybe pick it from next time. No, I got something pick. else. I got something else ready for you guys. Oh God, I'm scared. I am scared. This is my I got favorite a movie part I've only podcast. seen once. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the podcast is waiting to see what you guys pick. <laughs> I know, exactly. The anticipation. John, I'm so, so excited that you picked that. I haven't seen Fried Berry. Well, I saw either. like yeah, five I didn't minutes watch, of it. I saw like five minutes of it. Week, and I was uh, like, Actually, you know what? Like what gave me the idea? I was actually listening to another podcast, and they talked to the director, and the guy—he's he, a British guy—and he's just yeah. like, you know, I just decided to throw this movie out there and enjoy ourselves because it was so much fun, and we're in a pandemic, so fuck it, let's do it. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> no, I'm so excited because I, I caught like five minutes of it, but it was so late, and I was tired, so I went to bed. But I'm like, this is something that I want to sit down and watch. And yeah. see what the hell is going on. Yeah, the this. visuals look pretty cool. It's supposed yeah. to be very bizarre. Uh, just from what I read, I haven't read any spoilers. And it reminded me of Fire it. in the Sky a little bit. Some of the a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. All, All right. right, so I want to plug the Instagram real quick. Go for it, man. It's a cut above dot horror underscore review on Instagram. And you can follow. And we us. also and we Twitter. also have a we also have a Twitter. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at cut above horror all one word good so we're easy to find you guys ready for next week Faux show absolutely right. everybody have a great week and we'll talk to you next week I want to thank you guys again for listening to episode number 41 of a cut above horror review we are going to be back next week with a brand new episode i make the pick we're getting extreme again and we're going to talk about the 2008 
Uh, New French Extremity Horror Movie, whatever you call it, uh, Martyrs. Yeah, 2008. You can watch it on Shudder. So thank you for listening to the episode. Again, keep Heidelberg in your thoughts. He's going to be back and better than ever, like he always is, because we need that reach-around plot like we always do. And uh, like he always says, keep it creepy. (laughs) 